Kyle, what did I just watch? Uh, I'm the same thing as me, and this is gonna. This is. <laughs> oh boy, this is this is like worse than like high school gen ed. I'm pretty sure my mother doesn't listen to the podcast because I don't think she supports my artistic endeavors. I my kid. mom does, and I'm yeah, gonna I was gonna really, say I'm your gonna, mom I'm does, gonna, and I'm gonna tell her. Mary Fran, lay off this one. Yeah, maybe skip this skip week. Skip this episode. Because we can't discuss this episode without getting vulgar. Yeah, adult words were used in Boogie Nights. No, this uh, one. Woo. This takes it to a vulgar level. But, I mean, in a... You'll see. Consider yourself warned. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let him rock! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy. That's a painting. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehypnotization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hi, Hoff fans. Welcome again to this edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Zimmer Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. Today, we'll be uh, chatting about an interesting film. Uh, That's a nice or an easy way of putting it. Yeah. um, Happiness. Yes, happiness. <laughs> and we got a pretty cool guest on today. Yes, we have Anne Paz. I've known Anne for quite some time, at least oh, 10 years. Over 10 years. Over 10 years. Yeah. Isn't it weird to know someone for 10 years? Yeah. Or like well, to decade. recognize that it's been like 10 years. Yeah. Like, and we didn't celebrate like our friendship anniversary <laughs> or anything. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> but yes, I'm meeting Anne for the first time, so nice to meet you, Anne. Nice to meet you as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we met because you were, what's the proper title, an, a, an adjunct professor at Yeah. Pill? Is that, yeah, at r- my alma mater, Ramapo College. Busting everybody's chops. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were one of the few, like, great professors that actually gave, you know, versus, oh, that's, that, you know, that's good. Like, you gave your, you know, you said, no, that's not good or that's good. You, you know, that's the way, that's the way you learn. Definitely always give my opinion. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Well, that's good. We like opinions here. I mean, yes. This, this, this is, is a film that, that yes, needs... needs opinions. This isn't like a blah. We've done some movies where we're just like kind of trying to formulate an opinion because they were kind of boring. Yeah. This is like a film that needs an opinion. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's got plenty of its own opinions, I think, or, or it's that's fair to say. That's fair to say. <laughs> Has everyone here seen seen it before? So, I'd only watched the Philip Seymour Hoffman clips because okay. when we were, I everyone had talked to me about happiness, and for some reason I had avoided it. Now I know why, and not because it's bad, because <laughs> just probably didn't want to watch this for my family. <laughs> um, but I had just seen his clips. Like when we started doing this, I went on YouTube and watched his clips, and I was like, "Wow, this must be the most vulgar moment of the movie." <laughs> Like, nope. <laughs> this, yeah, this must be like wow. Tip like, of the iceberg. <laughs> nope, not even close. So when I sat down and watched it now, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. This. So yeah, this was a fresh experience for me. And well, I mean, well, and, clearly. Like, well, yeah, I mean, this is again a situation where when we started looking for guests, 
you were one of the first people I contacted, and you said, well, first you went Twister, but we already had someone on Twister, <laughs> so I apologize for there that. There was a line for Twister. I can line. imagine. And back in the early stages, someone just said, like, no, we need to do Twister together. But yeah, then the next one you said was happiness. So happiness. You I, yeah. you know, happiness, I was thinking about it, because I rewatched it this past weekend, and you, like we were talking about before this started, it's very difficult to find it online. Yeah, most of these films... Okay, at the beginning, yeah, we had to rent stuff and look up stuff on weird Polish websites, but... <laughs> but, since, I mean, what, the last, like, ten films have been easy to find, at least... Yeah, pretty easy to find, At yeah. least we could rent them on Amazon, yeah, and, oh, or, crap, we're paying three ninety nine, whatever, it's on my girlfriend's Amazon account. <laughs> I'll Venmo her at the end of the month. Whatever. <laughs> but I, I figured this was going to be on Amazon. Nope. No, not Amazon, <laughs> not iTunes. No, not uh, not, a, not like playing on a cable. Apparently, station. it was on Crackle once. Really? Oh. So I thought. I mean, I'd never watched Crackle before. Sorry, Crackle fans. Yeah. But I downloaded not Crackle to try to get it. Either. Uh, no. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I found an outdated link to Netflix, which I could could be wrong. It could just be titles related to happiness, uh-huh. but that got me hopeful. And then I ended up going down the the porn rabbit hole basically to yeah to yeah pop up city <laughs> I, I, kept, I kept getting pursuit of happiness which is the you know 180 of this movie with mm-hmm. you know, that's will, fair will smith and jaden smith jaden smith you, yeah. your but, favorite tandem <laughs> yes but this After. was you know it was interesting this movie was i think one of the first movies that i saw when i moved to new york because it was what like 1998 and i yeah. distinctly remember watching it at film forum Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, which is super cool. Um, so yeah, it brought back a that. lot of, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's it's like any movie you've seen a long time ago. You're like, oh, I remember that. I remember. But then I also remember kind of the experience of sitting in a movie theater and experiencing it, you know, viscerally that way. Because I would have been weirded out in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things. But no, so I've seen it twice in full. Okay. Um, but it was glad to, you know, that's why it stuck stuck with me. I mean, his performance was one of those oh, things yeah. where, you know. Happiness was first and foremost. So. Definitely, yeah. And for me, I th- I thought that I had seen it in full, but I clearly not because there's <laughs> no no plenty of things uh, that your you, text you, reactions. Yeah, like I that's why I asked you, I, Kyle. I thought you'd seen this before because no, I, I clearly had missed them very because you don't once you see this movie, you're not gonna forget it. You can't unsee nope. it, so I knew you <laughs> no, had it. There's a lot of visuals. Yes, there's a, a lot, lot of visuals. Every every. every like you know, from audio to visual, we've discussed this privately, like the language of this podcast and like what to say and not to say, and yeah. the vulgarity. I thought Boogie Nights with the whole like that was gonna be like in my head, and I forgot about Boogie Nights is is Fraggle Rock <laughs> <laughs> compared to this film. It really is. We're entering Eureka's Castle, like just Jim Henson workshops crap compared. Yeah, Marky Mark's prosthetic dick is a Muppet. <laughs> essentially, essentially, that's animal, right? Because this is like another level here. Oh my god, I I have not seen like a feature film that it d- did this. Yeah, and and I'm I've... not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. Like from a writer's perspective, I think this is an amazingly written film. Yeah, this falls into your wheelhouse of what you like, as far as. Oh no, no, no! And I wrote down like at the beginning, I'm like, wow. I love this. I love ensemble cast things. I love just that. I love, like, you know, I'm a sucker for, like, the sister story mm-hmm. from Hannah and her sisters or even already a brother and, like, Chekhov stuff. I love that. But a lot of, like, little boys the, 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 stuff. Yeah, the, by far okay. the most uncomfortable is between Dylan Baker and his son. So you've got Bill and Billy. 
and that stuff. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, Dylan Baker plays a pedophile, and but even besides, like that's that's horrible. But just the de- father, like the discussions he would have had, just with the questions his son was asking him, just made, <laughs> like very few squirm, things. Get, right? Yeah, very few things get under my skin. Like I mean, again, like I can really separate like movies and just like real life, and it's not like this reminded me of anything. But mm. it, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but like this mm. app, incredibly uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Well, bef- before we get ahead of ourselves, Kyle. Tell us, tell well, tell the audience what this film is about. I know what this film is about. Happiness is about three sisters, their families, and those around them. Whether it's a therapist pedophile, a woman who desires to know what it's like to be raped, a man who makes obscene phone calls, a little boy worried that he hasn't come yet, or even a woman who was raped and then killed and chopped up her rapist. In this dark, dark emphasis on dark comedy drama, these desperate people search for human connection. Okay, good. Fair, yeah, fair. I wrote it well and read it well, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting better at the reading, which I Thank like. You. I feel like this podcast <laughs> has become like a like a third grade reading class as well. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say like a you know, like public speaking one oh one, like collegiate level. Okay, yeah, sorry. No third grade no, it's more yeah. <laughs> You know it's it's interesting what you're talking about the human connections because I feel like after watching something like this you're kind of grasping like what the fuck did I just watch do you know yeah. what I mean and how do I make sense of those feelings and how do I kind of wrap my head around it and one of the things that I read or one of the reviews because I was going back to 1998 reviews which mm-hmm. was great you know um, some people hated it and then recanted. I think there was a, um, I don't know if it was the reviewer from Time Out or maybe New York Magazine who actually apologized to Todd Solanda's like 10 years later. Wow. Um, but wow, somebody had written, you know, that all of these characters are bound um, by their inability to form base human connections and that Todd Solanda's basically uh, looks into how that manifests itself behaviorally, which I thought was really interesting, you know? Um, yeah. And then there's a the question of whether or not that they're, they're the exception or they're the norm. And I think that's what makes it so kind of skin crawling is that you look at these people and you're like, they're, they're kind of the norm. They're not the exception to the rule. Yeah, I mean, you have certain characters that, you know, it's, they're not crazy far-fetched, like um, Trish, uh, Bill's wife. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's just in kind of like a loveless marriage, you know, delusional, you know, kind of relationship with uh, Bill. And then even, I mean, that, that, well, let's just go, let's start from their family, her parents, which by the way, I'm calling him the rest, this, the rest of the episode. It's Jack, Jackie Treehorn, the actor that played Jackie Treehorn in Big Lebowski, our last episode. So which I was really excited. Yeah. Lenny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lenny. And then, so you got Lenny and Mona, and then they've got their three daughters, Trish, Helen, and Joy. Yep. So, I mean, that's, just right there is a dysfunctional family and like the daughters are like pretty screwed up in their own sense i'd say helen the most they're all screwed up i mean i think the i think that uh trish i mean here's the thing is that are they the most screwed up from like can you tell they're the most screwed up or they're actually the most fundamentally screwed up is somebody that wants to be raped more screwed up than somebody married to a pedophile who pretends everything is okay yeah uh, no, no, that's, that's it, a very good it's question. Heavy. <laughs> it's it's yeah. heavy like that. Yeah. Kyle, why don't you go, who plays each sister, right? Because there's... Yeah, so you've got Jane Adams plays Joy. And I like I like her. The first time I saw her was... Father in... of the Bride 2? 
No, it was not that. <laughs> Deliver, delivers Diane Keaton's baby. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so, you know it's one oh, Diane Keaton has a baby in that, and then the other. And the, then the daughter. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. That would be the plot of Father of the yeah. Bride, too. No, uh, Eternal Sunshine, she's in that, and we saw that in high school. She's, um... Why am I blinking? What is she in that? She's, what's his name? David Cross's wife. Oh, okay. That's something we saw in high school. I really know, the next thing I really know her from is she was on the HBO series Hung with Tom Mm -hmm. Jane. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we, again, another collaborator, Phyllis Merhoff and Tom Jane. There you go. Uh, But then the next I have is Lara, uh... Lara Flynn Boyle. Lara Flynn Boyle plays Helen... And then you have Cynthia... Ex, ex of uh, Jack Nicholson. She was in Men yeah, in Black Yeah, Twin 2. Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Ooh, revival right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, she was... Wait, what? She was with Jack Nicholson? Yeah, they used to be a couple. Nice. Mm-hmm. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got Cynthia Stevenson, who plays uh, Trish. And, and they're all great. Yeah. I, no, I, I, love, all... I love the sisters. Yeah, I like their dynamics. Mm-hmm. I mean, they each... I think have I mean Trish and Helen definitely like meet up a little bit more like as like their own little unit but then I think they all kind of is very reminiscent of like Hannah and her sisters in that retrospect that you've got the three sisters and they all have their opinions and they, every well everyone in the family feels isn't it weird Joy, that we're thinking which of, is just great that her name is Joy isn't fantastic. it weird that we're thinking of a Woody Allen movie as a less fucked up film as what we're talking about. Oh, I thought you were going to dive right in with Pedophile, but no, 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 And no. his ex-wife <laughs> plays Mona, I believe. Yes, yes. Yeah. Woody Allen's second wife, Louise Lasser, I think her name yeah. is. Yeah. Plays Mona. Mm-hmm. Boy, Connections all around. Dropping all these bombs. <laughs> knowledge bombs on me. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say right away, for Alan, John Lovitz, who has a small part in this movie, in like just like the first scene or whatever, um, he was considered he was considered for Alan. And then Jack Black again. Jack Black, very, yeah. Like, Interesting. It, it's there's always a Jack Black, Phyllis Humor Hoffman. Like Jack Black was considered for Scotty J, like Twister, and then what would Jack Black came Polly? We said would you know be in that. Would role. Jack Black be a better actor? I'm doing air quotes. If he was given he these had opportunities, landed these roles. If Phyllis Humor Hoffman had never had decided to just, he'd never got his wrestling injury and he just like wrestled for life theoretically. Um, or would the movies have been crappier? He's, he's, he, and you like Jack Black. I love Jack Black, but I think Phil Snerhoffen was just more classically trained and... Or just a harder worker, if that makes sense. <laughs> I feel like there's not... I, again, you know, you feel free to disagree with me, but I feel like there's not the same depth to Jack Black. I, You know, I feel... 100%. That, <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my take. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to even think of, like, a role of his... Or, like, a... Like a I don't know, as far as, like like artsy films yeah what's his that, most I guess Michelle Gondry's Be Kind Rewind but even then he's but he's still like, like a, he's more Jack Black yeah in he's that. hired for that because he's Jack his, Black. his least like Jack King Black Kong. role King Kong I would say <laughs> That's, I had two and the other one you're gonna laugh at me is uh, The Holiday I love The Holiday <laughs> wow, School of okay. Rock oh, yeah, <laughs> but he, yeah but he's still Jack Black in School of Rock which is awesome yeah which is awesome Maybe maybe Tropic Thunder he plays kind of a different character, but whatever. No, those are the all. Po- <laughs> the point is, it's still Jack, in the Jack, Jack Black. Bla- yeah, bubble. Jack Black, like ninety-eight percent of the time, plays Jack Black. And, and we've so. heard so many people say this. I've even said this. Like the first time you saw Long Game Polly, you're like, why isn't Jack Black playing this? This guy's a lot better. Yeah. But like, so Jack Black was probably maybe not towards his later career, but 
at certain points has made more money than Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's still like yeah, I mean Philip Seymour Hoffman, I mean, it's not you know. There's he's got he's got much more of his craft going on. Yes, yeah, so some people consider Philip Seymour Hoffman the yeah. greatest character actor of his generation. Yeah. No one would ever say that about Jack Black. No, but <laughs> well, you know, another interesting as a side note, people call also call out John Lovitz the role that he plays in Happiness too, because it's that rare moment where he's playing a dramatic role as opposed to comedy, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah. like little, little. But I love, like, just to go back to your point of who's considered for the role, it's my favorite. That's my favorite when you find out, you watch yeah. a movie, who else was passed over, who yeah. passed it up. <laughs> love that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I mean, I love John Lovitz. I mean, this movie starts out strong. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just in its own right, it has. It starts out with its music, and it's got like the violin or a fiddle and accordion playing. Just like this movie is very, as far as its comedic elements, draws from again one of my favorite words to use juxtaposition of its you know these intense visuals. Have you seen any of the, this director's other work? No, I only um, knew of the Welcome to Dollhouse, but I have not. But I that have. was his like first. That was what put him on the map. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so like one Sundance, Sundance. And, yeah. yeah. And then this one again, like was. Wasn't this band from from? Kong? Yeah, it got like NC seventeen. Well, it was. I think the original distributor dropped, dropped it. it. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, and then it was picked up again. It's, it's amazing because this is. We always discuss Rotten Tomatoes here. I think this is like eighty-two percent in Rotten Tomatoes, which is very favorable. Yeah, that's higher than the Big Lebowski. It's very favorable for Philip Seymour Hoffman's career so far. But yeah. this is something that I distributors were afraid of. Is this the big? This is the biggest role of his that we've covered. So yeah, far. so far. I mean, but think of it. I think it's the rape. I think it comes down to Dylan Baker and like the. I, I honestly feel yeah. like everything else could have passed for the distributor, but that at least my understanding is that that was the the pedophilia. That and I mean, what you? <laughs> I mean, there's like that's what, a slippery slope. But what, this. What, what? No, no, no. I'm like, I mean, Dylan Baker said that he was fine with whatever happened from him taking this role. Yeah. But it didn't hurt that he was getting calls after. Like, it didn't affect him in any way. But, okay, here's an interesting thing. I feel like this is one of the first movies that I saw Dylan Baker in, Mm -hmm. and I've never been able to see him as anything other than this character since. You know, or, like, I'll see him in Law & Order SVU, and I'm, like, just reprising the role. (laughs) So it's the type of thing where this is... I feel like he did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. But... But it's definitely one of the... It just... It, I, I can't. I can't see. You can't unsee. Yeah, unless he were to get another role that were equally strong, you know. When did there Spider-Man. something about Mary come out? It's around this time. Around it's this around time. This time. I think it's ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Yeah, I think it was earlier. Because I'm just gonna put it out there: there is male ejaculation in that movie. But again, that that movie used to a very comedic element versus twice you see it in this film. That movie is Fantasia compared to this film. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. But I'm just trying to when when Anne said like Dylan Baker's role was maybe like you know the straw that broke the camel's hump. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of the other things. Oh, that, there were many. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, there were, yeah. Oh, but again, it, like pick your poison. The, <laughs> here, the issue, I guess, if you want to call it an issue, is that it's children, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's pedophilia is taboo. <laughs> yeah, know? I I mean it's that we and see again, the inner workings of a of a child rape. Well, one of my biggest things again, so it's not like this film carried multiple tones. It is pretty clear. I mean, it's a very, it's like a 
sadistic dark comedy. I mean, for the most part. I mean, it's got you know, it's obviously it's, it's clearly a comedy. But I just there have a little I bit of the problems left. of, and I understand maybe it's trying to get into the mindset of a pedophile. But they play this like romantic music <laughs> when he's looking at Johnny. So I'm laughing. It's terrible, but it's. But that's like he's at this little league game, and then all of a sudden it's just like. It's, like spring has sprung. <laughs> like, but don't you feel like there's this kind of you know what what I struggled with is just trying to find that balance between, you know, do I do I hate the character or is there some kind of sympathy in like a really twisted way? Well, you that know? T- is to go then further. What I read is that a lot of people not only that there's this pedophile character is that they created sympathy. Yep. For him. Yeah. Yeah. That is what people found to be. They're like, no, that's unforgivable. Do not do that. That is wrong. But again, just like from, like that mindset. Like that's you know one of the biggest things when you hear about these people that committed these acts. Like you hear like, just through listening to other po- like medical podcasts and stuff like that, I've heard that sometimes pe- men have had tumors. You listen to medical podcasts. I do. It's amazing. Wow. I'll re- yeah, I'll reference them later. But <laughs> there's been discussions of pe- men that have had tumors that th- they went to their doctors and all of a sudden they had this urge to like touch little boys or touch or touch children in general. And they're like, "What's going? I feel like I'm going insane. What? What is? What has made me this way? Now I've never had these urges before." And then they do like a cat scan. They find a tumor, remove the tumor, all that's gone. It's just like that's. I just say this because that's how crazy the brain is, and we just don't know like what these triggers are, and that sometimes the people that do these horrendous acts are victims in their own ways too. And but that's just a really weird and uncomfortable thing to say in its own right, and to see that like when while you're sitting there in a like two hour and fifteen minute movie and just digesting that, and just having it's not. And that's the other thing. It's not a movie. It's not just dissecting the pedophile. It is just a bunch. It just of, happens. But yeah, and just like a bunch of. And you know why? And you mentioned before. Terrific tone. The tone is so even in this film. Yeah, you're not brought out like this is. This, is this isn't this isn't it's like a beautiful the... mind for pedophiles, like, <laughs> like, you know, like. But that movie, if there was a movie just about a pedophile, like we're talking, like that might have been like revered a little bit better. I feel like I don't know. There's just a lot going on. Well, and it's like it's those little moments too, which I think make I I think that's what also makes people uncomfortable, right? Because we're all used to watching things that are sensationalized. So it's like, and then the pedophile, dun dun dun, you know, and you hear about the act, and then maybe you see the person, maybe you don't, but you know that's it. It's kind of shunned away. But here you have Dylan Baker walking around trying to like you know making a tuna sandwich earnestly checking to see if his spouse is asleep like those having having a heart to heart with a kid that if you didn't know what he was talking about you'd be like that's so great he's being totally honest with his son right I'm not joking I had a tuna sandwich before I watched this movie no (laughs) I'm sorry no no, I didn't didn't remember I don't know oh man and then I was just like I like finished eating the sandwich and then like just like right in the beginning of the film you're a sandwich guy too did it really I'm gonna I'm gonna switch. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna lay off the tuna for a little while. Kyle, you mentioned length. Chicken of the sea. What? The length of the film. <laughs> Whoa. No. Is with more importance? Just they kidding. discussed that in the film. <laughs> they did. They do discuss that. that. <laughs> Billy and Bill. Did you feel like the film was too long? Yes. I dragged, I think. I did. Where, d- is there a place where you thought it dragged? <sighs> 
I mean, I get that there are these tons of awkward moments and awkward silences, but there's just, like, sometimes that I felt like whether it was a shot or the scene just lingered a little too much. I can't, off the top of my head, I, I didn't write down anything specific. But. I felt like, I felt, here's the thing, structurally, I understand why she was needed, but I felt like the introduction of Cameron Mannheim's character, that's where I felt like it was dragging. Pedro. Yeah, the, like, that whole, it. It, I thought she was going to be the sweetheart of the movie. No. Nope. <laughs> no sweetheart. <laughs> now, we bring that up. I did, you know, our guy, Philip Zimmer Hoffman, I did like his angle here. But I agree. Like, Wait, you what? I liked his, his arc. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you said you liked, like, his strategy. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, did, I did not mean it like that. <laughs> okay, this is, I think this is a fair question. Uh, we'll start with you, Anne. Who do you think is the most benign character? Or, you know, like, I guess the least... <laughs> fucked uh, up? Yeah, fucked up and just, like, you know, rude, crude character, I don't, like, in this movie. Well, okay, this is an interesting question. I feel like... I feel like everybody's fucked up. Yeah. I just, it takes a given that everybody's fucked up. So then the question is, like, who is honest about being fucked up? Yeah. You know? And I feel like, actually, the person that's probably the most honest about being fucked up was the cab driver, Vlad. Yeah, I was going to say Vlad and then probably Lenny, yeah. a.k.a. Jackie Streethorn. Yeah. Like, just because <laughs> he's like, no, and I didn't say divorce. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, and then his whole thing is just, like, he just kind of really, I think towards the end, it's just like, yeah, I just want to die. Yeah. You see him putting salt on his food, and the doctor <laughs> in the beginning said no salt. <laughs> but it's a, so for me, you know, you could look at it from the outset and say, like, here's a guy that's seducing a student and stealing your stuff, but then she's like, what do you do? He's like, I'm a thief. Yeah. So I, you know, what did you do in Russia? I was a thief. I was a thief. Straight up. <laughs> yeah, you know, so contractor. <laughs> does it make you more or less fucked up if you're open and honest about being fucked up? Yeah. You know? That That's why this movie, like, it just touches that like human thing that we don't want to talk about. Like, yeah, it maybe. covers the. I mean, they seem just from like an outside perspective of you know they make it that you've got a housewife, then you've got I mean you know a telemarketer, then well, you well, have okay, you know, so just your retired couple. They're all people that you know we all couple, know people. How like many that. solid storylines are there here? I know they intersect, but I mean you've definitely so you've got let's say the parents right down yeah, in going Florida. through a divorce. Going through the divorce, then you've got each sister, but I mean, Trish is more with Bill and like her family, Alan, and his. I mean, technically, if John Lovitz is right in the beginning, and he's got yeah, his... I mean, but <laughs> I feel like you've got like I mean, I feel like the the family like those are distinct storylines, and then other characters intersect. Yeah. So you know, you've got like Philip Seymour Hoffman as the linchpin between Helen. And Cameron Mannheim's yeah, character. Yeah, it's almost you almost can like go by. It's I think it's easier to go by like houses or locations. You got Florida. Mm-hmm. You've got the suburban home. Mm-hmm. You have the apartment building. Yep. And then I mean maybe, maybe you joy. Could, you could go to like the classroom. Yeah, the joy. I think the joy thing is like a a linchpin yeah. storyline here. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and... You got Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Well, this also so the director. Kyle, do you feel like joy? What's that? Do you feel like joy? No, I never feel joy. That's true. <laughs> uh, the director's from New Jersey. Yeah. So I felt like that was a little bit of a, a statement. Yeah, cause, yeah exactly. Uh, because even Helen has, like, one line along the lines of, like, oh, I'm here. What did she say? I'm here in Jersey 
because it's like for the like because it's ironic or something like that. That's why she's in New Jersey, staying in New Jersey. But, yeah. You know, New Jersey's always <laughs> a punchline. Yeah, shit on. Yeah, exactly. It's not the champagne. It's crap. <laughs> I think Welcome to the Dollhouse is centered in New Jersey too. It's maybe a theme. This guy in Kevin Smith, New Jersey's finest <laughs> filmmakers. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so, yeah. To get back to the beginning of this film, th- that music starts off, and you're just like, "All right," because I mean, that's another thing. We're definitely, you know, by now, if you're listening to this episode, we've posted the trailer as we usually do for each movie, and this trailer does like they didn't know how to market this movie because this movie, you know, this movie tra- lost money. Yeah, it did. Well, yeah, I didn't know that. It was, and but it, it was a small budget. It was. I actually, I think like it broke even. Three and a half million or three point eight. No, it only. I mean, maybe since it's broken even. Okay. But like the listed thing was like two point seven. Ooh. Uh, so okay. and it's like three mil. So whatever. Like, yeah. Not okay. whatever because it's something. Well, it doesn't help that they're either. not streaming it anywhere. They can make more money. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely. I, I mean, some. I mean, I feel like there would be a lot of people that would start it and st- stop it, <laughs> like not. <laughs> but there were. I mean, just the fact that yeah, it's not available to stream anywhere. I wonder if it was available to stream like right after like Phillips and Hoffman's death. If oh, if like anyone, you know, it's like sometimes they do that. It was probably put up on YouTube and then taken down. Sometimes. That's the way I always yeah. think about it. No, there were some, like, I, I looked that up. There were some, like, retrospective articles about it that have, like, YouTube clips embedded in them that are no longer available, so that definitely happened. Yeah. But, I mean, getting to the story, because we have this opening scene with John Lovitz, and it's his only scene, besides being in a morgue or whatever. But, uh, I mean... I just feel sorry for this character right away. But then he ends up sta- standing up for himself. And Joy really just, like, gets... We see the beginning of just, like, her usual... Like, what happens to her, which she kind of gets, like, shit on and yelled at by people. And I mean, she digs herself into this... Into her, like, yeah, she's the hole. one breaking up with him. But yeah. it's, like, such a great... Like, it sets the tone so well. Because it basically takes a total cliche, right? Couple at a date, things aren't working out, it's not you, it's me, except then, like, it flips it, it's like, it's yeah. you, it's you, yeah. and then, and then, it's like, no, yeah, I didn't no, get that. it's just you. It's just you. Yeah. And oh, like, I'm champagne. Yeah, it's like, it totally takes that, and, and then carries it throughout the rest of the film, right? Everything that you think would be a cliche, yeah. he shows the other side. Yeah, because then you think he's going to continue being this, like, vulnerable character and gives her the gift, oh, I got this for you after our first date. And I think it wasn't, like, how many, like, did they say how many dates there are on at that point? Like, it didn't sound like, like four or yeah, something three like or that. four. Yeah, no, we got no. a gift for her, like, after the first date, and it's, like, a nice ashtray but I don't know what it was exactly but yeah then he goes and then he just takes it back from her and then he has that line you think I'm shit I'm champagne like <laughs> it's just like he Fantastic. goes into this whole thing like yeah I know I'm fat but like I don't like I'm a nice guy and this is what you could have been a nice guy that's gonna treat you well and give you thoughtful gifts but this isn't for you because you're a piece of shit and it's like wow John like John Lovell John Lovitz like gave a you know one of those performances mm-hmm. Like a Michael Shannon from Revolutionary Road that he's in it for like eight minutes but gets a Oscar nom, you know. It was a good, it was a great performance by John Lovitz. And I say that because then right away we get to our main man in his first scene, and he's talking with well, he's a patient of Bill who's a therapist, and what we'll play the clip, right? Does that make sense? Whenever I see her, I just wanna. You know, I wanna 
undress her. I don't want to tie her up. I don't want to pump her. bloody murder and then I want to flip her ass over and, and pump her even more and it's so hard that my dick shoots right through her and that my cum squirts out of her mouth and not that I could ever you know, actually do that She only knew how I felt. And you know, deep down, I really cared for her, respected her, and she would love me back. Maybe. Oh, but she doesn't even know I exist. She knows I exist. I mean, we are neighbors, you know. We you know, smile politely at each other, but I don't know. I could ever really begin to talk to her. I mean, what, what can I talk about? I have nothing to talk about. I'm born. I know. I've been told before, so don't tell me it's not true because it's a fact. I bore people. People look at me and they get bored. People listen to me and they zone out bored. Who is that boring person? They think. I've never before met anyone so boring. Uh, for her to see how boring I am. Got a little no. skim of milk. No. Dozen eggs. I'm one of those disposable cameras for the weekend. I can stop at the 7-Eleven on the way home. No. I gotta get the dry cleaning for trash. I gotta check Billy's homework and call Mrs. Mitchell about her appointment on Tuesday. I'm gonna reschedule the dentist. You know what I'm gonna do? I gotta get the dog cleaned. I mean, the next time I see her, as soon as I see her, I'm just gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell her that I, uh, find her attractive. Again, I love here how he's just, like Bill is just ignoring him. Yeah, he's thinking he goes into that mo- like, you know, inner thoughts of groceries and But then again, it's like it's taking the same thing where the cliche would be a patient or the you know, the therapist and their patient and You'd be having some heart to heart, engaging, and instead he's like, "I'm boring." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, yeah. I'm going to think yeah. about groceries. So it kind of takes that cliche and turns it turns it on its head. You know, continuing that. Yeah, he says like Philip Seymour Hoffman says like, "I know I bore people," and at that moment, you know, Bill starts going off into his own. <laughs> I mean, he's just saying like actually, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, character Alan really just the way he's pontificating and the words he's using really reminded me of 
Joaquin Phoenix's character in the master of Freddy Quell <laughs> and just like all like when he's doing the Rorschach test and everything like that in that movie and it's just I mean he just gets very just telling what he wants he's, and he's talking about Helen who's his uh, who's his neighbor and what he wants to what he wants to do Did, I'm sure you read that because I know you read the trivia but did you see that Phyllis Merhoffen bases on like this fundamentalist Christian guy, Ralph Reed. Yeah, Ralph Reed. He was the founder of the Christian Coalition. He was a he's a Republican politician. And in and the name is skipped. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's in a docu. It's that documentary, that political documentary that we'll go we'll do on this podcast. Oh, the one in the Phyllis Hoffman made for the Gore. Yeah, uh, Bush. and that's when he meets him. He meets him at like a uh, like an uh, event. Yeah, this and is Ralph Reed story. tells him. Yeah. That happiness is his favorite film. So no. this, yeah, this character that Philip Seymour <laughs> bases Alan off of this, you know, Christian coalition. Yeah, and he, he has no idea it's based off him because no. again, there's no indication of that. He's not a preacher in the but film. He right comes, yeah. yeah, but he comes up to Philip Seymour Hoffman and says, "Oh, my favorite film is Happiness." Yeah, I yeah, like you were great happiness. So, so he see, no, so what happens? Is, I've yeah. seen the clip. He sees Ralph Reed and he's like, yeah. "I got to talk to him because I base this character on happiness off of him." So he introduces himself and he's like, "Oh." I know you. I'm a big fan. I love the film Happiness, which is just amazing. That's, crazy. that's wild. Like, that's like Republican <laughs> birdcage territory. <I'm> like. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean that's just that's you awesome. Recognize too. something in him. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oof. Because that maybe like in some circles, Ralph Reed's like a household name, but not really. You know, this is like some random kind of guy that that fills me wrong. But here's him. the thing: Would you look? I mean, maybe it's just a different difference in terminology but would you look at any of those characters be like that is my absolute favorite character or wow that was kind of a disturbing performance or a powerful performance i can't i guess even though everybody does a star turn Mm -hmm. other than marla maples actually who i can say like that was fucking amazing yeah she like her turn as the real estate agent (laughs) was unbelievable but i would i wouldn't look at any of those characters and say that was my absolute favorite characters like that was powerful you know the yeah it's kind of the terminology when when you describe somebody that is a little bit disturbing in a film it's hard to so, yeah, wholeheartedly to be, embrace it so yeah. it's just interesting that he used that kind of language because yeah to also to declare this, that i mean so at that point you know he had twister and boogie nights and i mean i don't know he he was in scent of a woman maybe people didn't recognize him from scent of a woman, <laughs> that, but it's just really like that this guy that this politician i don't know i would just as a politician i wouldn't choose to make broadcast that that, that yeah. was my favorite yeah even in just like a you know like a talking... the party's over is that yeah the party's over okay. yeah okay. party's over that's the name of the documentary which we'll definitely Ooh. we're going to we're going to cover yeah that. we are covering we're going to make an exception we usually just do narrative films but we are going to it is a feature in terms it's, of yeah, length it's a feature wise, film and so films from often is, is better, very involved with in length are we still discussing this no. <laughs> trying to make you <laughs> creeped out <laughs> is it widescreen is it i don't know we'll have to see but yeah, the part the party's over. That's the name. Of yeah, it. yeah. So that's just yeah. Again, just in a public forum. I'm just very surprised a politician went to go and you know mm-hmm. say happiness is my favorite movie. <laughs> that's just <laughs> better Philip Seymour Hoffman than Dylan Baker. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then you were, yeah you were really great versus Dylan Baker. That would just be like <laughs> digging yourself a hole. I mean, we haven't mentioned the Marla Maples. I mean, you said her, but like the whole. I mean, this is a former ex-wife of Donald Trump, our president. 
Oh, she was amazing film. in it, and she's great. This is yeah. amazing. I yeah. love it. I mean, it's just she's she's very very good at that role of the real estate. Yeah, real estate down in divorce yeah. is the best thing that happened to me. That line when she was like, "Divorce is the it's best the thing that ever thing happened to line. me." Yeah, <laughs> I love that, and I what I can't remember exactly what she said. But when they're when she's showing her the place and they're walking up the stairs and they just see the very like old lady with the walker and she's like oh that doesn't represent the yeah. most of our clientele here or whatever or whatever you know residents here I watched this and I'm like I wish Marla Maples acted more yeah like, is she really acting I feel like she's just playing herself no, yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> but I, okay just featured I, in more yes fair I wish she was featured in more things because it, it's perfect. And it's just perfect for even now, you know. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's like a timeless character. That's just the schmooze and booze and just like yeah, I love it. Divorce I feel like like real Marlon Maples is doing that right now, though. <laughs> yeah, divorce to the president was the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a good call. <laughs> She'd make a great first lady. <laughs> well, we can discuss that on our first ladies podcast yeah, every Tuesday. I'm just joking. That'd be a fun, that'd be a fun <laughs> podcast. Darling Madison. Um, I mean, in the, so coming from the the scene with uh, Bill and Alan and, you know, therapy, right away we get Philip Seymour Hoffman going uh, to his apartment building. We see Helen outside. And actually, just a little fun fact, the guy that greets her is uh, Todd, the director. Uh-huh. Just says, like, mm. hello, hello, miss, what's their last name? Jordan, yeah, yeah, hello, hello Miss Jordan, and that's his little. So at first, when she said, so when she says Pedro, I'm just like, oh, was that the director? Like that would just be like I started laughing, thinking the director had himself killed. Like <laughs> that's a fun territory to get into. <laughs> but so Helen walks in, and I almost feel like, did you think that Philip Seymour Hoffman was just like waiting? there just like maybe he knows what time she usually gets back because he's just kind of standing there and then she goes up and presses the button i know that's you know sometimes even just in a like a whole like when you're in a rush or when you just want to get home or wherever and even if you see the button lit you just go up and you press it anyway but i just thought like maybe that's something you know i could totally wouldn't be the weirdest thing this character does (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there's just i mean just to talk more about his character so we just covered the Big Lebowski and Brant, and he wears those suits and has the glasses. I almost felt like this was like a perverted version of that character that like if he just like broke down, this is what Brant does on the <laughs> side. But I just, I mean, from that moment with talking to Bill and his therapist, the way he's just slouched and we're just getting that full, very, you know, baritone, bassy, Philip Seymour Hoffman talk. And he's wearing those, like, you know, the suit's like a little too big and it's just that like the brownish color mm-hmm. and he just he's just such a sad sack and he just brings like <laughs> I don't know you just you just I love I what I love is just the their uh their chemistry or lack of chemistry just that it's so uncomfortable I mean there's so many uncomfortable moments in the film oh, yeah. and that that elevator ride yeah. <laughs> just quiet ride up so uncomfortable and i think i think one of the things that's great about this film and this is a great scene to illustrate it is that everybody can identify yeah. with 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 the kind of the situations whether or not the, the specifics not necessarily sure. but the the this you know the um 
the situation. Yeah, the situation where everybody's been in an elevator. Yeah, that's I mean that scene has been in plenty of movies, right? Of but, just that awkward elevator. Ride. I mean, at least at least once a week at work, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> you're yeah. stuck with the person. You hit every floor, and it's like, oh, you're not. Get- oh, hey, great weather outside. Hey, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that you look at that, and yet you've just come out of therapy with him. And so talking just, about this woman yeah and yeah. they could not be the two like his fantasy and the reality could not be farther apart you know and so mm-hmm. it it just makes that scene so much better the fact that like a we know what he's thinking and then b you can identify it with to it in some way shape form you know definitely and i mean and they get off the elevator and they live right next to one another he just goes see ya and then goes inside and then pretty much starts his ritual that end of taking a shower and then just picking up the phone book and he crosses out names that he's already called or ones that I guess maybe they're like male voices. So good. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And what does and, he do? Well, he, he tries to pretty much, I mean, ask them what they're wearing and what they're doing and if they're pleasuring themselves. And that's, then I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, then this is definitely, I had seen all of his scenes and I don't know, I guess I just, in my own little world, I lived, like, this maybe, like, hour-long movie <laughs> of happiness. Like, I don't know if I have, like, repressed, like, images of this movie somewhere <laughs> deep inside. Like, I definitely didn't see it a long time ago. I'd say probably, like, co- you know, like, college era, because that's when I really started appreciating Philip Seymour Hoffman. And by, like, time of college, like, you could actually search movie clips on YouTube and stuff like that. But, yeah, I guess... I, I don't know, I either don't remember or repressed or... <laughs> but this was... But I mean, I remember Philip Seymour Hoffman and this was just, I mean, just gets rude and crude on the phone and, I mean, we might as well play a little clip from that too. I'm oh, fucking so hard. I mean, come in your ears. Fuck you. say about that i mean he's sitting there in his underwear that's it just has the phone book crosses out the names just and then get you know gets disgusted right away with when it's a man's voice and then when a woman i guess just questions him right off the bat which is something that really like joy's really weird on the phone later when they speak uh just as far as her being opened and like vulnerable i mean she you know she thinks that's it's somebody else but even still the questions that this person that she's being set up I by love that he's like what do you wear oh now what, yeah. what am I wearing now well, no first it's like what am I gonna wear on the date yeah <laughs> but, but yeah but, but this woman right away says like who like who is this or you know like you know so ask that question 
and he just decides to hang out. But that's because I mean, he, his character, and it, he establishes it from the beginning. He has such low self-esteem. You know, it's it's like he can't even hide behind the mask of anonymity of the telephone. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? As long as nobody's saying anything, it's like when he calls Laura Flynn Boyle from work. You know, yeah. and he manages to get it all out. Yeah, and then it's, yeah, but as soon as she calls him back, he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. You know, it's only he can only have that that strength when nobody is questioning him yeah it's like like as long as he sticks to the script in his mind he's okay but once it deviates from that he just panics and Mm -hmm. either hangs up or yeah you can see this man clearly has his routine and his like very like he wants to what again what he says to helen on the phone is like that's the end goal for him i mean well i guess he would like for it to be drawn out his conversation with Joy, but that's not what he got in this <laughs> scene, at least. No, and that's that's what makes Joy one of my more enjoyable like characters in this film. Enjoyable, yes, enjoyable. There you go. Hello. Hi. Um. How are you? Is this Damien? Yeah. Uh, how you How you doing? Oh, fine. Trish told me you might be calling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know how weird these things can be, but, you know, I've always had such faith in Trish's judgment. I just thought, why not? You know, it's not like I have a huge social life. I mean, I do have a social life, it's just not huge. Same here. Really? That's so nice to hear. I mean, most people seem so confident. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 you know, they're, they're just real jerks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to thaw this steak, and it's so hard, and I... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, don't stop. Not because of me. Well, it's just I feel I'm being so rude. No, no, not at all. Well, thanks. Uh, are you alone? Yeah, I'm all alone. Nobody's listening in. Don't worry. God, you're just like me. What are you wearing? You mean when we go out? Where do you want to go? I mean, I'm pretty easy to please. I hate getting all dressed up. What are you wearing now? Just a pair of jeans, why? Are they tight? Not too tight, actually. They fit pretty good. But why do you want to know Not the jeans. Underneath. What are you wearing underneath? Check. Underneath. Well, the Damien underneath is just... This isn't Damien, is it? Are you all wet? Is your pussy all wet? The way she reacts on the phone, she's just like so innocent and so hopeful. His breathing in this movie, I mean, he he nailed it. Well, I I should I don't like, <laughs> that's what I can imagine. No, Dylan one, Baker one nailed does. it. Oh, oh, wow. I just wanted to remind you of that. I mean, our main main guy, Phillips and Hoffman, that's who we talk about. But I love, this is where we get that good relationship between Joy and Trish, because Trish just has that one line of, we all thought you would oh. amount to nothing. There's a glimmer of hope after all. I'm like, oh my God. Like, these people, like, even the, like, you know, at this point I'm just thinking, like, Trish is just oblivious. But she's like, no, she's, like, cold 
Departed in a way too, and like, uh, like it just makes me. I'm like, wow, my family's so normal. Like, you know, every 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 you know, like you always like at the holidays, you're just like, oh my god, like my family, you know, like I, but, I, lo- I love them, but like you're like, oh yeah, that relative's that way, that relative's that way. Oh, that's like the little like they think we don't know about that about their portion of the family. But that's what I was gonna say. Like I feel like these characters vocalize things that everybody's feeling. I mean, yeah. everybody, you know, I. Uh, you know, if I were to if I were to think about things that people have thought about me or things that I've thought about other people, and you all you have to do is vocalize it, and you're exactly the same as these characters. Oh, sure, yeah. If you, you thought like everything out, well, yeah, and that's actually that's something really interesting. I feel like that's almost. Do you think that was a goal, like of the director, to almost make a movie, to make a film that was like he was like, okay, imagine you're like a family situation, no filters. Like just like think, say every thought. Like that's. I don't know if I would go with no filters because they are like playing roles and playing characters. Yeah, but But, I mean, it's the fact of like how like. Yeah, uh, no, but I I agree. Open is that better than no filters? Just because the way like. Open, yeah, like they. The way the way this is written is Mm -hmm. just like. The language okay, the language of the film is not what how we would necessarily talk. Obviously not. But it's definitely more thought based. Well, yeah. I mean, all the the characters for the most part are like very can't. Well, no, I guess not because they all. I mean, they all keep their secrets. But at these weird moments, they're very candid. Which is the fact that Bill like tells Billy when Billy's asking him like, "Did you do this? And what did you do? And the whole like, like what did it feel like? It felt great. Yeah. Well, it's like the kid is Billy, right? Like that's the kid's name. Like you know, he comes out at the end of the. uh, Okay, I'm not a guy. But I'm just saying, like, he comes out at the end. And he's like, I just came. Like, he has this <laughs> moment. I'm pretty sure, like, most guys have had that moment. But he just, he vocalizes it. Yeah. You know? I mean, you all, so... like, I mean, everyone has that moment that it was, like, the first time that it happened. And it's usually, like, in a surprise. And, like, he's at that age. I think he plays an 11-year-old. And so, you know, he's hearing yeah. that other kids are saying this is what that happens. And the one kid says that he is, like, an 11 inch you know, yeah and that's the whole length and width conversation but he vocal like but he, yeah he comes he like, vocalizes yeah, he, yeah. it so it's yeah. like everything that you're seeing like everything that you're seeing is just being vocalized or it's he's he's using storylines that show that part of humanity show that part of the characters Do you sure. know what I mean? no and that's and that like and i don't have as uncomfortable as it is like i don't have a problem with that but then you put that on top of when this boy comes for the first time and the dog goes and licks it and then goes inside and licks this kid's mom's face that's just like you know that's like a you know getting punched in the face and then hit, you know hitting the gut like it's just yeah. you know like it, one, yeah. one pain like smoldering at like focusing one pain onto the other yeah and huh and that's and then it's just like and then the, then billy says i came and the family just like looks at him and it's just like well like what are you going to start seeing in the circle of life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These characters exist at, on like a uh, darker level, right? We all interact with each other in reality. This is one of the few films that sees like, for lack of a better word, the darker side of humanity. Like just, just what you do in your room when you're alone, Kyle. Like the- you personally. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. <laughs> no, yeah, and well, and the darker side of the humanity, in the sense of, I mean, like obviously there's illegal acts going on in this movie, from pedophilia to murder to even, I mean, sexual harassment with the phone calls. But it's the darker side 
not in the sense of like you know when you watch a movie about like terrorism clearly that's a darker side of humanity but this is yeah, like but that's the like humanity that most <laughs> but it's treated as also something it's treated as normal i think yeah. that's the thing it's like it's not it's the darker side of humanity but it's just it, it's very earnest and yeah. normal well yeah. then, let's just put it this, let's put it this way like that's even like the, the like smallest roles in this movie so you have the johnny's father and he's just like in the, at this, we first hear him at the little league game, and he's just like yelling at the these again. They're eleven year olds, so whatever grade that is, and he's just yelling, "Don't fuck it up! Don't fuck it up!" It's just like, <laughs> all right, that's messed up. And then they're at Callahan's, which I think that's and that's the actual Callahan's, that's actual that's Ca- definitely because I've been there. Yeah, was in uh, a child. Fort, Fort Lee, New Jersey, right next to Hi- Hiram's one out. Yeah, Hi- two, Hiram's two hot dog war. places, right in Fort Lee, New Jersey, and. Uh, but he's saying like oh, I think my son's a fag. Yeah. And it's just and and that's like and that's and then that's almost mm. where where you see like a kind side of Dylan Baker saying like well yeah but like what else you know like maybe, you know not that he might not be but if he is like what what can you do because <laughs> and then he offers he offers to get him a hooker. I was gonna say that's the best part of that whole conversation <laughs> and then boy is maybe getting the hooker and. And he goes, but and Dylan Baker starts to interrupt. And he goes, oh, "You're right. It's too late." Yeah. Like he's 11. I mean, that for <laughs> me was like the best kind of turn in the conversation. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and so, so my point, like bringing that up, is that even this one little character just again expands that world of everyone. Is, is we're, we're viewing this world of very sadistic, or <laughs> yeah, know, you know what to call them all, but they each are very they're problems are very, I mean, are very visible to us, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the furthest we think for a while, Christina's probably normal and then she does her whole reveal of that she, I mean, she was this character that lives across the hall from Helen and Alan. But even before the reveal, it's kind of fucked up. She basically takes this guy that's vomiting, you know, or like he's passed oh, out, yep, right? Okay, I forgot about and that. And then yeah. tries yeah. to snuggle with him. And I was like, yeah. that, that's, the, that's a good clue. Not everything is right. Yeah, you know? no, and now that you say that, like, I remember that and being like, that's, you know, that's that's clearly a weird thing. And then he wakes up and it's just a, like a long, just, <laughs> they stay on that shot. That's the, that's the one thing. I mean, and let's use, I mean, come on, let's use your expertise. Cinematography. Like, the cinematography in this movie. The cinematography is great. I feel like, it, you know, going back to that first scene, though, it really sets the, the tone, right? I mean, it, it doesn't, it's not flashy. It lets things play out. You know, it's very, it's, it's, um, I think the same, I was reading that the DP is the same as the Velvet Goldmine. Okay. Uh, I think is as the, oh, yeah. Oh, really? So okay. there, that there's, makes sense. you can see some similarities, like yeah. in that in that crane shot, right? When he is, uh, when Dylan Baker's fantasizing about killing all the people in the park, and yeah. the camera kind of swoops in and then brings it up, and it yeah. just takes him out of the reality. But otherwise, everything is pretty straightforward. I mean, I'm not, I'm not diminishing the the directorial work because it's very strong. It's obviously very thoughtful, yeah. but it's there's nothing flashy. There are no whip pans. There's no, you know, it's it's very, you know, it's locked off. It's steady movements. Sure. It lets shots play out. Um, but I feel like it basically the camera work. It almost mimics what we perceive as normal. <laughs> You know, and allows the scenes to they it it allows what's disturbing about it to be elevated. You know, if we were shooting this, if you were shooting, um, 
you know, imagine the way that uh, pedophiles are usually portrayed. You know, it would be like the off-angle shot, the, you know, no, running through the hallway, stop, you know. And instead, because it plays out in very, you know, standard coverage, it almost makes it that much more unexpected and disturbing. Yeah, so, like, I, I bring that up because then in that scene where she's, like, cuddling with him and then all of a sudden he's just passed drunkenly passed out and snoring and then all of a sudden he jumps up and he goes to the bathroom and starts vomiting and they just stay in that room mm-hmm. and you just hear the audio and you're just like lingering with her and then even he comes back in and he's like what the fuck are you doing here like mm-hmm. get out and it just everything know, just... holds a little it's kind of to your point like that you know maybe I, I you know I definitely felt like the movie was dragging a little bit however I appreciate the fact that he's lingering on these shots. He's making you feel uncomfortable. He never gives you an easy out, you know? So you're in that room and you're like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what's wrong with you? You're cuddling with this dude. He's vomiting in the next room. Get the fuck out. But instead, you're forced to sit there and kind of go inside her head. What is she thinking? What's he going to do when he comes out, you know? Yeah. And it and it just, it elevates everything about the film. Yeah, you'd really, you'd sit there and you're, and you start thinking maybe she's thinking he'll come back in and be like, oh, thanks for taking care of me. Because otherwise he would have fallen. I mean, she'd knocked on the door, but he would have, like, fallen right there and yeah. lying down on the floor, passed out. But it's like, it. I mean, God, it's everything. It's from the, it's from, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but I feel like it's the elevator ride that's uncomfortable. It's that shot that's uncomfortable. It's the conversation with Dylan and his son that's uncomfortable. It's Laura Flynn Boyle sitting on oh the boy. sofa with Philip Seymour Hoffman where you're like, oh my God, oh, like slow get out. Move. Right? Uh, but it's, it's, it's... I've seen some slow hand moves in my day. <laughs> <laughs> God, that just is that like, amazing? It's amazing. Yours, friends sure. of ours, don't yeah, say friends. yours, <laughs> ours. You know your We've seen it. We've, We've seen, seen it. it. And this is just oh my god! Like this is not an easy film. No, it's not an easy film. And in terms, it's of a just, well-made film. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a well-written film. Yeah. It, but it just it, this it script put, is amazing. It to me. puts you. It's, to it's like brave your, to me. Yeah. No, it's that's. Do you, I have a question for you, just thinking stylistically, and I this is total speculation. So, but I'm curious about what you guys think. You know, talking about it stylistically, it definitely feels, it feels very appropriate for the subject matter. But I, I the style feels a little dated. Like I'm curious, I'm curious if you think, like, what would this film look like today? Yeah, no, that's a. That's a good point because I don't know what to call it, but it definitely has. It just falls into this that era of filmmaking, like in the '90s. Well, this is but, something I mentioned in Boogie Nights, right? And in uh, Hard Eight, like when we see Philip Seymour Hoffman in these P.T. Anderson films, yeah, that feels like it could be made today. And then we go back to a lot of these films in like the late '90s, and they're kind of dated, some more than others. I mean, I think it's going to be the same thing for like you know each decade they you ha- you have like certain genres or of, just or of, just of course, of course obviously you have so I mean we're talking about like in those again that's P T Anderson that like made these films that were saying like look timeless or could be made today and look the same way, but I mean to go what you're saying and um, what would it look like today like what. I just feel like the tech, like, you know, it's it's indie, it's low budget, right? Um, 
it I feel like what you could get away with with that budget now yeah. you know there's so many more options whether or not they're appropriate for this so we're talking or, like a lot of drone shots or yeah <laughs> I you know never hurts to throw a drone or two in but you know the question is what do you know I think that it's appropriate for the subject it totally works but I I I was thinking, like, this looks a little dated. Mm -hmm. I wonder if, like, I wonder what it would look like today or if he would make different choices or keep the same choices, you know, leave it as is. I think there would be, I think for the most, like, stylistically, like, the pauses and stuff like that would be, maybe the composition would be a little bit different, but I think as far as, I mean, then we're getting into camera versus editing, so maybe what I'm focusing on more now is like the editing saying these lingering of the shots, and mm. maybe who knows if they got Philip Seymour Hoffman puking in the toilet and went no, it's so much better to just have it in this wide shot the whole time. Yeah. But there's very little movement, you know, so there's very little camera movement. Yeah, I it's mean in this movie, much... like you have even very little insert shots, the insert shots being I, I think, you know. And you touched on this, just <laughs> the way it looks it just normalizes these like not normal situations I guess for what we're seeing you know like maybe they happen in real, I'm sure they happen in real life but it's just like not what we're used to seeing and it's just like normalizing them well, that reminds me of uh, like a thought I had which I wrote down at one point this is like almost like a sadistic Hallmark movie. Like, the way, like, the, again, because it, just, it really fair. uses, like, like this, the, the music in it. Like, yeah. again, it has, like, it has the very trope music for each feeling. Yeah. Like, the Little League, the <laughs> yeah, romance, you're, you're, it sounds like right a very right. basic, then they have, like, classical music, then they have an opera song. Like, they almost cover, like, there wasn't, like, a rock out but they almost had like a little bit of every genre. Yeah. Almost sounded like samples of each genre. Yeah. And so it just had this hallmark like, like, and then the conversations between Bill and Billy almost felt like they're like this X-rated version of an after-school special of oh, the yeah. fathers on talking together. So I mean, that's yeah, that, that, yeah, after-school. You know what? Honestly, time. this this falls into a category of almost like a John Waters. At some moments. But I feel like John Waters, yes and no. I feel like John Waters kind of sensationalizes. He, sure. I feel like oh, he no, would have sensationalized, you I know? Guess, yeah. And this is almost just taking it, treating it a very deadpan way. I mean, there, yeah. there are a few moments where I was like, are you really have to go there? Like, not as far as the subject matter. I feel like, you know, nothing here is off limits, but just as far as when you know, I feel like it diminishes the power of the film when you take something and treat it in a different way. So something about Cameron Mannheim's, like the story of Pedro, that for me just made it cartoonish in the way that other things in the film were not cartoonish and therefore resonated more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. No, no, that's, and like you said earlier, like hers was like, if you were going to be like, oh, let's remove a character. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't want to remove her because I actually like like that element. But just that flashback to me was weird. Yeah. It's I mean, but there's something great. Okay, just playing devil's advocate after I've said that she was an extraneous <laughs> yeah. storyline. There's something great about the fact that I mean, first of all, it's a rape scene. Which the fact that you can treat a rape scene in a kind of deadpan way that for me just you know goes to show what the tone of the rest of the film is like that it didn't stick out. Mm-hmm. But you have this guy, the doorman, 
right? Who's like, I'd like some ice cream before I go downstairs. Yeah, and yeah. that for me was such a human, real moment yeah. that it kind of validated the rest of the scene, right? You know, the, it, it's the same about, you know, Dylan Baker going and making the tuna sandwich really earnestly. Yeah. That for me validated the rest of the scene because no matter how horrifying it is, he's actually humanized that yeah. character and humanized the activity. Yeah, Johnny didn't want hot fudge and then he they didn't have grape Pisces. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what it's like? Tuna fish sandwich. No, but, ice cream is a big part of this film. I just, yeah. Just oh, okay. I like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, we had white Russians for Big Lebowski. Yeah, we should have had, yeah, we were drinking white Russians for Big Lebowski. Some ice cream with fudge. Yeah, we need to, that, you know what, we have to think about that from now on before every episode. <laughs> like, what is the appropriate? Oh, man, I'm feeling left out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I messed up. We could have had tuna sandwiches, <laughs> tuna too. Sa- yeah. yeah, yeah, ice oh, cream. Oh, God, no. <laughs> ice cream and tuna sandwiches. There's Never again, tuna. No, y- yes, I love tuna. I said switch to sardines. No. <laughs> There's such, like, that you know, that moment, though, with Pedro, that was such a great moment where, like, it, I feel like we've all had... Okay, one of my most vivid childhood memories is, like, a little, like, going off topic a little bit. I remember my parents had a dinner party for one of their new colleagues, and their new colleague didn't know when to leave <laughs> so oh, yeah like dinner etiquette or... yeah so they had the dinner they had dessert yeah they drinks like i think there were a couple other people invited everybody's like you know it's time to go it's yeah. kind of late you know they left other guy just stuck around they're like Linger. they're like we're we're gonna go and do the dishes now he's like that's cool he like came and joined <laughs> them in the kitchen and then they're like sorry i love that yeah. they're like we're 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 gonna go to bed now <laughs> yeah. what yeah literally they had to say like we're we're going to bed. We've done the yeah, dishes. Cool. We cleaned up, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll leave." So it's that maybe moment. Yeah. It's that <laughs> maybe, moment yeah. of like, of not of having unexpected etiquette. I guess I'll leave it that way. That I totally recognize in that scene. Unexpected etiquette meets like social awkwardness. Yeah, really. but you know it. But then the question is: Does anybody really have? proper etiquette do you know what i mean is anybody ever i think there's some things that people hopefully don't do but i love that moment because it felt so real to me i'm like i buy it you know wanted his ice cream before his raping like that's i mean 100 percent. do you think (laughs) what we're seeing is the truth as in oh Oh, oh, oh. Because this like is the only, like, recanted story. Oh, like, you're saying get. maybe she invited him. I mean... No, I don't know. I'm just asking because it's, no, like... I th- I think what she's telling, then what we... And then, like... She seems she like said, an honest person in this moment. Well, in that sense, because then she has that really, like, dark moment for a second where she's just, like... She, like, says something, like... Oh, he, he says, so you did chop? Because that was the whole thing. She first comes to the door and says, did you hear about Pedro? And he was, like, bludgeoned and... You know, like mutilated or whatever, and someone stole his penis or whatever. So then, when she confesses his, his penis, oh, sorry, I didn't hear. You. <laughs> Just kidding. And so, uh, when she's opens up to Alan at the diner, where she's also chooses to have ice cream. Uh, yes <laughs> but appropriately yeah uh but she just has that moment because then Alan says, "Oh, like why would why would you lie about?" Like, why would somebody lie about that? And did you actually chop off? She's, and she just has this turn, like this really like gravelly voice where she's like, I was not going to touch that thing again. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, this woman is just yeah off the deep end too. Like, it wasn't just a, like, e- even then, like, that's a messed up scenario. But I'm like, okay, like, 
I mean, well, it gets a little cartoonish where she's just literally snaps his neck yeah. like that. Yeah. That's a little like I'm just imagining when he was well, that's why to me at one point. Why didn't that? That's like yeah. a story, she just that, you know. She's re- she's, she's telling of the story. Yeah. You know, so when she says snap neck, the neck snaps. You know, there's nothing more. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. that at all. I was expecting, you know, an inanimate object used or something like that, like a bl- bludgeoning. She's efficient. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> she just snapped his neck like nothing. I don't know. I like visually their size difference. Yeah, her and uh, Lara Flynn Boyle were later on in the practice together, by the way. That was yeah, cool. very true. <laughs> that was a good show. I, yeah, that was, I used to watch that back in the day, yeah. like 9 o'clock at night. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, one other little thing that I love, that ha- happiness is actually, they say happiness several times. A couple times, times movie, yeah. But it's a song in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very curious. I, uh, or, like, if that would be funny if the one thing that this was, like, recognized by, like, the Oscars or something, which is just like she's singing like original song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, original song, <laughs> but not even that. Um, They're so good, isn't that? Doesn't Vlad play the cover of "Light Up My Life"? Yeah, "Light of yeah, My right. Life," and then there's also what's the what's the song that plays when Alan and Christina are dancing, and it plays again when he goes to her apartment later on, and just like after he gets turned down by Helen, it's uh. Oh, I'm all out of love. It's a great use of the song. Yeah, I'm so like Aria Speedwagon. Yeah, yeah, that's Aria Speedwagon. And then they use it later on, again, like I said, when he goes in there and they just awkwardly. And that's the last time we see Alan, right? We uh, he goes in to Christina's apartment, and uh, because he's referenced later on. But he goes in, and she's under the sheets, and he just, like, sleeps on top of the sheets, and they're, like, facing away from one another, because she says she's, although she's a passionate woman, she hates sex. So that's a whole, you're just, like, that's where they leave that relationship, but our closure on Alan is at the end of the film, when all sisters are down in Florida with the parents, and Helen says that she has a guy for joy, and it's her neighbor, <laughs> and then Trish is like, why don't you have me a guy? And she's like, trust me, Trish. I love that. I love that. This guy is for joy. <laughs> and it's like, wow, like, Helen, you sadistic, brutal. brutal. Like, And then even the mom's like, you don't have someone for me? It's like, Helen is the puppet master of these relationships. And dad's like, I don't want anybody while he's just putting his salt on his meal so he can die sooner than yeah and you mentioned this before again it's the doctor who says like you're gonna live to 100 if you skip the salts or something along those lines yeah and he's you can see his face he's like not happy about that yeah he's just like healthy as not like he thought maybe he would have a tumor in his lung they were looking at his lungs and he asked about his heart he's like oh you're gonna live to be 100 and he's like 35 more years to go like it's like jesus like and he's (laughs) playing uh you know when he's playing golf at one point and there's a guy just Lying on the ground, the background, the ambulance is coming. He's just look, you know, looking over there. Everyone just like that's his big thing. Is I guess he's looking forward to. Yeah, so like I guess we should just touch on what are basically the endings for all these characters. Yeah, so I mean, we said it for Alan and Christina that they're like in bed, but then Chris, Helen ends up so, sharing that. And it's kind of great to think about like why they why they ended up together. Like I, I feel like each person gives like the the other person gives 
them something they couldn't give themselves. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, Alan has like such strong sexual fantasies, but such low self-esteem. And the two of them, like he can't reconcile one with the other. And I feel like Helen... Well, cause it, he, he could have had Helen, right? I mean, is that pretty much, is that, does everyone agree, like, if he was yeah, the chart? Yeah, but know? his self-esteem was yeah. so low, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like she so, was into that whole yeah, but he, demeaning talk. But he can do it over the phone, as long as yeah. nobody's interrupting him, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because he knocks on the door, yeah, because he knocks on the door and she just even recognizes... Like, and yes. she let, I mean, she let him in, which was crazy to me. I would have been like, oh, 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 it's you. Dude, yeah. <laughs> She's like, all right. Yeah, I was surprised by that. But, but then I feel like Cameron Manheim. inspirations for poems, I guess. <laughs> I mean, she is like, she's basically that person who perhaps has even lower self-esteem. So it allows him to somehow, you know, allow himself to be physically with somebody, even if it's not sexual. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He There's says something... in the diner, like, oh, I, I really like you. Yeah. So he's just, he's just looking for, that's like his human connection is just being there. Because he has that awkward moment. We get like the quintessential Phyllis Seymour Hoffman, like awkward laugh. What do you want? I want you to fuck me. I, uh, I don't think I can do that. I mean, I don't think I can do that. Gotta go. Call me tomorrow. Hey, Alan. Did you see the playoffs last night? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I was on my knees praying for that shot. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> so uh, awkward. It's amazing. But it's kind of it's kind of fantastic that two people, right? Two people can be compatible because they both view themselves with like more like they've lower self-esteem than the other person does do you know what i mean yeah that's that's kind of a, a twisted that's a twisted way of bonding but it makes sense for the film yeah. you know it's not like you make me feel good about myself it's like you feel shittier about yourself than i do and so therefore i can actually <laughs> it, be with it's you it's funny but i feel like, the, the, like re- yeah, that's really, a realistic thing yeah like a relatable like yeah people find company. company yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so end of character. So that's the that's Alan Christina. Yeah, Alan Christina. So let me just look at my character list right here. I mean, we had Bill. We don't see that he gets arrested or anything. Pretty much, his family leaves him in like the early mornings. You can infer he was arrested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because yeah. the because the dad calls and says, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." Like, yeah, that's it's pretty obvious because Johnny ends up in the hospital, and then I mean, we didn't even touch upon this. But he's either arrested or going to be killed. Well, I read that they originally had in the screenplay that the family sent him a package and the house blows up. What? Yeah, that would have been really out of place, right? That's one of those things that I feel like okay, if you're taking it to the the surreal, yeah. yes, but then I feel like it <laughs> undermines the rest of the messaging for the film, which is totally. you have you have the abnormal, which is actually the normal, you know. Yeah, no, that I'm glad that didn't make it in. Yeah, and I was confused. <laughs> I wasn't even sure if they were saying his family or like the fan, like Johnny's family or something like that. A bomb, yeah. though. Whatever. Yeah. That's stupid. But Bill confesses to. Billy, because Billy has all those questions. That's just such a Billy's crying and just asking. Because Billy mentioned the one friend that was what home is, alone. What does Billy say? Like, that's like 
To me, that was like super disturbing. He said, "Would you rape me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, you? I would just jerk off. Yeah. Ugh. But that you know that is such a great what I love about that moment for like a number of reasons is like that for me is pure drama in the sense that you know that's the conversation that anybody that that wasn't as confident would have cut out after he asked would you rate me and it would have yeah. ended on like Dylan Baker's look and it would have cut out and gone to the next scene right yeah, the, oh, the, oh yeah no that's well, like to me that's such a brave choice you're right about that like oh no, definitely no I mean I, I so, could never do that I, 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 <laughs> I wrote like down exactly what they said the exchange goes what was it like it was great and I mean then granted again there's like multiple so many pauses and Billy sobbing and then would you do it again yes would you ever fuck me? No, I'd jerk off instead. It's like, oh my God. But here's what's crazy about that. If you, okay, take away the language, take away what they're talking about Mm -hmm. and just look at the situation. It's a father having an open and honest conversation with his son, right? So if you look at it in the abstract, what what could be bad about that? (laughs) You know, and then the question is like, what... What should you not be open about, right? What should you not be open about? And then is that what this film is about, right? Or should people not be open about this? Should the film not be open about... Sure. You know? I mean, there's... Because to go to, like, the simpler times of the movie where the son just has these sexual questions and just, you know... I mean, he's asking because he's hearing this language for the first time of, you know, like, come and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but still, like, but the, the father the goes, like... Yeah, no, exactly. He goes, it pushes, you know the bar too much by then saying like you know he's like dad did you ever measure yourself he said no i never thought to like you know bother to measure myself he's like would you like me to like <laughs> yeah that's, it's just like the one little okay, yeah bill too uh, much well, yeah you know, bill. we all know one of those bills bills out there and not well not that like that specific bill but that kind of <laughs> takes it too far wow yeah you're scaring me <laughs> no 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 i know exactly what you're saying and that's yeah so i mean so out of that clear cut of the three girls the parents the parents are still like in this condo together parents are not divorced yeah. but no not and together. that's very together. clear yeah. yeah and then each helen is just continuing her life and of poetry and spreading the good word and then trish has clearly moved down there with her two sons and her like infant daughter we can assume that bill has been arrested uh and then Joy is going to be set up with Alan. Christina has been arrested because they found like the body parts in the free- freezer. And I mean, that's pretty much that's that's like the that's the cast for you right there. That's this like again weird film, right? But it wins at least against story wise because it makes you care about people that normally in film you you do not want to care about you know like yeah to me first the it, pedophile, for, first for it goes example. like performance like the best things of this film it goes performances and then it goes like this i guess to call it like brave on a certain level of writing this screenplay and just like you know and this and this the, i mean this story and creating it and i mean making as a filmmaker as a filmmaker making yourself like vulnerable to yeah, he, like obviously knew that there was going to be backlash from this movie, but in the end of the day, it's a movie. Like, that's what Here's, people have to. Who do you think is it's the not most advocating anything by any means? Clearly, yeah. Like, but I think it's an interesting question of like caring about these people. Like, who 
because I, you know, even though each of these characters is unlikable in their own way, I do feel like some of them are more empathetic. I'm curious what you guys, which characters you felt were more empathetic, I or guess, did you sympathize with more? I mean, I'd go with Mona, the mother, is like the most empathetic. It's just like she's kind of, we don't know. I mean, do they? Did the girls mention anything of like her as like a parent in their little conversations? I can't remember anything specific. Mm, I don't remember. I feel like all they care about is that they're getting divorced. Like that's the shock. Yeah. And so like who knows yeah. first. I'm sorry. The whole, I love the whole element of like uh, when the two sisters. Are oh talking. yeah, the two sisters. Yeah, because like I thought that you know I thought that yeah Trish thought that she knows like you know because she's like you know because she's like the mom out of the three sisters so she's playing that the mom and talking to the mom and so she thinks that about she knows about the divorce and thinks she knows about Joy quitting her job, but no Helen knew it as well. <laughs> Joy's the one that's like left out of you know yeah <laughs> knowing about the divorce because she just can't handle it. No, but that's that's a fair question. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Mona. May, maybe like Lenny, but then in the end, like right to the beginning of John Lovitz's character of Andy. Yeah. What about you? Who do you think is the who do you think is the most empathetic character? That's a it's a very. I don't know because it's like. At times, I'm like, oh, it, it, it's Philip oh. often. But I think we're totally like, but maybe you're like using this and you're like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to say, but are we totally forgetting the children? Because clearly it's the children. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh my God. Okay. If you want to, yes, of course. All Billy right. and Johnny. I don't want anyone to be like, oh, my God, they didn't oh mention God, the kids. Oh, my God, they weren't even missing the children. Of course. All of a sudden, I was right. like, and Adult care. Clever, <laughs> please. Okay? Imagine that. You were like, yeah. You guys you, are yeah. terrible. <laughs> Typical men not even thinking about that. <laughs> It's like, oh, she's digging us our trench right <laughs> no. now. No, no. <laughs> because what's what's her character's name? Um, the murderer, Christina. Christina, yeah. Yeah. For a while, I'm like, oh, Christina, oh, you know, like, and then like, oh, okay. Yeah, Never well, mind. it it goes into the, it goes into that category of like again. I mean, she, she was being raped, and then she had the opportunity to, you know, it was like you know, a, what she's a crime of passion or whatever, her moment of snapping his neck, but then it's just like, call the cops. You know, like... Well, she seems so eager to tell him, too. Like, she's not, but she is. She's having ice cream, and she's telling him, you know? Yeah. So, like, (laughs) that dropped out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, What about Joy? What do you guys think about Joy? Oh, oh, you know what? Yeah, no, Joy, I really felt for her. She gets shit on the entire movie. Yeah, she's just a very... She like has like almost like her like Larry David Seinfeld moments of like digging herself in these like little like you know so she has sex with Vlad and then but that's not his for wife, me like comes perfect by. actor for that character perfect look perfect just everything worked with her yeah with this a Philip Smurhoffen podcast so we tend to focus on him but but and then she takes 500 bucks out of the atm that for me was the total kicker oh my where God. you know oh, yeah. talk about low self-esteem i mean that for me was you know, everybody i mean you have philip seymour hoffman low self-esteem you know you have um you have helen you know even though she's a total bitch low self-esteem yeah, right yeah <laughs> um i don't think trish has that problem i really i really don't you know um i feel like mona yeah. does 
yeah. you know, the five facelifts or, you know, whatever. But I feel like Joy, of all the characters, low self-esteem. I, I even forgot about Joy in this, like, entire Yeah, she's just the embodied... Joy is, like, the physical, even, like, embodiment. But Joy... I, I'm of... glad you brought up Joy, because Joy, again, she wants to help people. She goes and gets this job teaching I'm refugees. I'm not a scab. <laughs> and she ends up just getting yelled at for that. I'm a like, strike breaker. Yeah. yeah just... <laughs> I'm a strike breaker. And then she's feeling all good the next day after Vlad and she's in her little, the music's playing and she doesn't care that lettuce and tomatoes are being thrown at her. And Yeah, so I picked Joy to answer your question, even though I didn't think of it originally because I completely forgot about her, which is kind of appropriate. But that, you know, it's interesting because she's different than the other characters, right? And that is there any, like, her her own human flaws are revealed, but there's nothing malicious or grotesque or it's more just low self-esteem revealed, right? In yeah. a way, she's different than the other. I, yeah, I, get, I mean, her her worst moment is I guess right in the beginning of being like mean to John. That yeah, that is literally her like crappiest element as a human Vlad being. Having whatever you want to call that woman in his life. And when I was watching this, I was like, oh, she, she you know, she's like a bad person here. Like, what the hell yeah. is she doing? But then you see the rest of the film. You're like, okay, yeah, never, mind. Just, never mind. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like the rest of the film. She's like paying penance in a way. It has this, I mean, Greek tragedy realm to it. I guess this film, these people that are just in. I don't know, like trying to push the stone up the hill and it keeps falling <laughs> back on them. It's yeah. And oh, do you have anyone out of those characters that we have being said? You, it's interesting that you brought up the kids because I honestly was not thinking of the I kids. I thought you were just like I was not baiting. I was not baiting you. A blind and sinker. I mean, I you feel. Got us. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like the children. I feel like Billy, right? I feel like Billy actually just serves for us to understand his father i know that you know that's simplifying it but i kind of feel like i never see him except at the end when he's like you know manages to like come right you never see him doing anything on his own it's always with the father and he serves you know so that said i feel like joy is the most empathetic character just because you just cringe every time because things happen to her you know and her Um, face when they happen you know, I just, yeah. again, I just love her face when those things happen. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, everybody, and I think this, we spoke about it earlier, you know, that kind of humanizing as a, of a pedophile. I feel like they all have empathetic moments, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so Philip Seymour Hoffman, I empathize with him when he's in that elevator. I've been there. It's uncomfortable, yeah, you know. Of course. And you empathize with Trish when all of a sudden, you know, the Jesus. Like, his world, down. yeah, world's turned upside she just down. thought she had, like, a husband that doesn't want to have sex with her that often. Yeah. And instead, Oops. he's a pedophile, yeah. you know, and and so I feel like, and even if it's not those specific, obviously those specific situations, I think everybody's been on a date where all of a sudden, you know, they thought it was going well, and then suddenly it wasn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Trish walks outside Very and says, "Serial rapist, pervert." Yeah. On the outside of their house. I like, yeah, God. you know. So I feel like everybody has those moments where you're like, you might do despicable things, and yet there's something that you are fundamentally human, you know? Mm-hmm. One, one last thing I want to ask is... Before that, I just want to say Molly Shannon's in this film. Oh, yeah, Molly Shannon. I just want that movie. on the record. That's a funny... That might be the funniest <laughs> scene in the movie. I'm just trying to... Is when she... Yeah. The, right after... The day after she... Joy gets the news of 
John Lovitz's character killing himself, mm-hmm. and she is at her desk and she's crying, and her next door, and then Molly Shannon like asks her yeah, what's they, wrong, they and they're each, and then it goes to like the mm-hmm. person across from her and then the <laughs> other guy, and they're like, oh, like it's the guy that had like acne or the scar, like scar on his face, and yeah, like Hispanic looking like, guy, Hispanic yeah, was only here for a year, like <laughs> it's like, oh, like so that, good. that kind of yeah, that yeah, was, that, that's great. Do you, the well, as long as we're talking about cameo, so this a little bit more than cameo. The woman that sleeps with Lenny, one of my favorite characters flashback. Have you guys seen Coma? No. Oh my goodness, such a good film. Go watch Coma. Coma. That's Coma. her. Yeah, she plays a really creepy. What uh, what year? The seventies with this Michael Douglas. Uh, oh, so good. Wait, did she have a? Why am I? Bl- why am I blanking on right now? Thinking of Michael Douglas and then thinking about his what's the event, famous adventure movie he's in? Uh, Romancing the Stone. Yeah. Doesn't she have like a bit of a uh, Jessica? Ra- who does the voice of Jessica Rabbit? Please help me. Kathleen mm-hmm. Turner. Doesn't she have a bit of a Kathleen Turner vibe? Uh, maybe. Voice, maybe. Yeah, it's very raspy. Yeah. Like very raspy. But, oh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Um, but she, one of my, it was such a good movie. First of all, based on a Michael Crichton novel. Ooh, but Roma. yeah. I love, I love me some Michael Crichton. Jean Vive, I think I think is in it. Anyway, she, this character is amazing. So I was super excited to see her come back along with Ben Gazzara, who yeah. is also one of my favorites. So there you go. Awesome. Yes, the one last thing I want to bring up is I I know I thought this from the trailer, but I'm not saying like it will have to have the trailer, but just from the spectrum of the characters, because they even kind of look the same, is Billy the next iteration of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character? Mm. He just, I don't know, they're just, they physically, like he looked like if he played a younger version. Mm -hmm. I remember watching the trailer. And thinking it was going to be one of these movies that was going to show that Phyllis Hoffman was the grown-up version. It was going to be, you we know, know like, there's a like, tree, like Tree of Life was, you know, like, you know, showed Sean Penn a grown-up version of Brad Pitt. There's, like a, there's a trailer with different characters, but I think same themes for happiness, which I haven't seen. But oh. I'd be interested now that you mention that, because that, that's a great point. I mean, he... <laughs> he is very awkward. <laughs> yeah, he's going to become, like, he's, like, sexually repressed. Yep. And, like, I mean, because, I mean, that was like a moment that I think I don't know what I don't know what Bill's reaction would have been, like if forget like if Bill was a normal enough dad or yeah. whatever, like forget you know pedophile, but even had these more open conversations with Billy, yeah, like if he was sitting there after Billy like came yeah. for the first time and he came, I don't know what his reaction would have been, but I think that's what Billy was like looking for, yeah, like sharing it and like. I don't know if you wanted like a little like, golf clap or something. <laughs> that but... would have been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great. I can I can absolutely see that. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just really interesting. If you watch the trailer, I'm curious if you if you'll feel that way. But again, just like he look, he does look like I've from the glass, some like the props, the costumes, but to just yep. a physical being, he looks like a younger version of Filzer Hoffman. You mentioned sequel, right? Uh, I was reading like Life in Wartime. It's supposed to be a loose sequel. To I think this? that's. I think that's the name of it. I've never seen Life it. Life in a wartime. Life in wartime. It's in the same wartime. director. Wartime. I'm reading now. Um, apparently, the sisters are in it. Oh, all three. Like, like not even just the characters, but the actresses. I don't know. I don't think the actresses are. Just as the plot revolves around the Jordan sisters, featured in Happiness, Trish, Joy, and Helen, but I don't see them listed as actresses in here. So. Mm. It's played by different people. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it is now. I see it now. Ali Sheedy is Helen. Is Allison it? Janey is Trish. Uh, 
Syrian Hines is Bill. Montreda. Wait, Bill? Bill, yes. Bill's still around? Is this his... I don't know what happens in this. I'm just telling what? you. <laughs> I'm sorry. And what's the name of it again? Life in Wartime. Same H- director. Hoffman's. Let's check it out together and we'll talk yeah, about Yeah, we got uh, no Hoffman in this. There's someone called Gabby Hoffman in this. We can but... maybe quick talk about it in our second recap episode or something. Or... Yeah, I, we'll have to check it out. I'm just curious. Total factoid. As long as you're like, is if you can surf, it might be worth checking it out. Because when I was doing some Googling... I saw that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, you know, the so the the sister's name is Jordan, right? Like it's Helen Jordan, but then I believe Joy and Philip Seymour Hoffman's character sh- share the same last name. It was like Joy Jordan something, and his was Alan something. It starts, I just saw it starts with Alan an M. On the hmm. It's it's one of those. I, I found it when I was Googling, and I was like, oh. that's really strange. So just a little side yeah. intrigue. Huh. I was like, I wonder if they're the product of, you know, just in a, maybe in the back, you know, back storyline. Yeah, I mean, everything's done for a reason, right? It's not these, So that would be curious to see. I can't find it here, but. Yeah, I think I saw on, like, on IMDb that it just said, like his character, it was weird. Yeah, like just listed as Alan, Alan which is really okay. interesting because John Lovitz's character has a full name. <laughs> then it must be somebody must have been making making that up. But I was like, uh, that's really. I was like, maybe, that's maybe, even maybe more they're twisted. They're just guessing that Alan and Joy end up together. <laughs> Ooh, that's a little presumptive. Yeah, I wonder if like what the, what that if that date comes to fruition. Because well, also, but... is Helen talking out of her ass like, oh, I've got someone for you? Because clearly, she's not. <laughs> I got so, the perv next door. Alan <laughs> is in Alan Mellencamp. That's the, that's the Mellencamp. Yeah. Mellencamp. Yep. And Joy Mellencamp. Yeah, his brother. Yeah. In Life and Wartime, they're John the same Cougar. characters, and I guess they do get together. Oh, that's it. They get You'll married. never guess who plays Alan in Jack Black. Life and Wartime. John Lovitz. You're close with Black. <laughs> Michael Ian Black? Close. Michael K. Williams. As in, like, Chalky Black from... <laughs> From like from, uh, Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire, Empire uh, The Wire. From the Wire, yeah. What's he, he plays Alan in he this? He plays sequel. Alan. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> no, they, they completely recast everyone. It, 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 I mean, the, that's fine if they completely recast. No, no, no. Everyone. The characters are the same, but there's not one. No, but I'm saying same that's, actor. Yeah, that's that's, that's interesting. That's, that's really like Louis style, right? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. One, the one season he has like all of a sudden he has a black wife and like black kids. Yeah, he's like then, she was the one I wanted to cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, we'll definitely have to check that out just to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. I would never have guessed Michael K. Williams replacing Philip Seymour Not replacing, because again, recast, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and he's a great actor. I love Michael K. Williams, yeah. What's his character's name from The Wire? Omar? Omar, Omar. yeah. Omar. Who, who famously does not give a fuck at does some not point. Does not give yeah. a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and Chalky Black in, uh, in uh, Chalky, Boardwalk. Chalky, Chalky Black or Chalky White? Oh, Chucky White. Because <laughs> you said black, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense, Chucky yeah, White. Yeah, Chucky White, yeah. On board no, Chucky Black wouldn't make any sense. On Blackboard Empire, right? On Blackboard <laughs> Empire, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, any other things you uh, want to touch on this happiness? No, plenty of experiences, childhood experiences. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. a lot of touching, a lot of touching. No, didn't, thankfully, didn't, like, bring up any, like, repressed memories. I'm very thankful. Do you want to bring those up? I don't, Do you want to lie in this couch ha- right now? We'll discuss them. I don't have any. 
Oh, we'll find Re- them. Not repressed. Things I don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference, I think. Fair, fair. <laughs> well, thank you, Anne, for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank you, guys. It was, it was awesome. fun. I remember, like, discussing being like, well, it's going to be, like, in the 20s this episode. And, you know, like, you know, all the way back in, like, February when asking you if you'd be on it. And it's like, oh, when's that going to be? Oh, that was and February. Wow. And now we're in, you know, July time, so. Yes, That's fantastic. July time. July time. Summer months. <laughs> So, and where can people uh, find you, follow you, yeah, Ooh. check you out? Um, if that's what you want, if you want, like, an Alan calling you. I'll leave my phone number out of it. Well, my website is under construction, but by the time this airs, it may be up. It's my name, annpause.com. Um, cool. And my Instagram is the same. So Perfect. it's just annpause. Cool. Can I follow you on Instagram? I don't think. I don't know. You should follow me. Yeah, you should follow me. <laughs> Maybe I we do. All follow. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta create the PSL of Hoffman Instagram. So yeah, I've been only posting stuff on my personal and tagging onto our Facebook page. But yes, so you can follow us on that Facebook page. Yeah, PSL of Hoffman on Facebook. Please watch this film and comment. We definitely want. Yeah, to hear. definitely. I hope we didn't scare you. Uh, Hoff fans away from this. This is, uh, I mean, it's a great performance in it's the amazing. end of the day. Phillips and Hoffman, by many actors, but Phillips and Hoffman gives a great performance. What do we have next week, Kyle? Next week we have Patch Adams. Yes, Patch Adams. So, as always, just you want to follow uh, us on Facebook again, but just definitely check out the other shows on Cage Club. They've yeah. had some really good stuff. They had a great episode recently for Cage for Cage Club itself, where they got the is the stand-in. Yeah, he's a stand-in for, for Nicholas Cage. Cage. It was an awesome like episode. The 90s, he was on Bringing Out the Whoa. Dead, right? Isn't that that's pretty cool? That's very cool. Yeah, There's yeah. Like some it, pictures of him as like Cameron Poe from. Uh, I, I know the character's name, but I'm totally forgetting <laughs> the name in the movie right now. Of uh, Con Air. Con Air, yeah. and he's like, and it's him dressed as Cameron Poe, like. Uh, you know, in a mug shot, but he's just like, it's yeah, really Joey and Mike were really excited about this one. And it does not disappoint. We definitely. Got many hours of conversation with this guy. So yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, as always like follow, share, subscribe, comment, 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 comment on this episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Kyle likes the comments. I do too. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and, Anne. We, uh, I let you know and how we end this. If you could stay uncool. Perfect. Stay uncool, off fans. Stay uncool, off fans. See you next week. Where did you come from, baby? Sexy things, sexy things.